Welcome to Your Next Mission podcast with the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and co-founder of the American Freedom Foundation, Jack L. Tilley. Proudly presented by Cavalry Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. There, warriors, past and present, and your families. I just want to thank you for all that you do and all that you continue to do for this uh, great country. Welcome to season three of your next mission video podcast, a program initiative of the American Freedom Foundation. I'm Jack L. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major. I always like saying that 12th Sergeant Major of the United States Army and your host. But before we get started, uh, I personally want to thank our presenting sponsors. Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans for their generous support in making your next mission happen. They love our veterans and families, and I want to say it every week, we love them too. We have a great show for you today. We're going to be focusing on transitioning, and I'm excited to introduce Dr. Sarah Minnis, Assistant Professor in, in the Masters of Science Human Resources Program at Western Carolina University. Welcome, sir. So excited to have you on the show. Hi, thank you. I'm very excited to be here, Sergeant Major. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm pumped up too, that's for sure. I, I know you've done a lot of work with the military, preparing them for transitioning. But before we get into that, could you tell the audience just a, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I have a passion for the work that I do. Um, it's part of every aspect of my job and uh, most of my free time as well. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm finding that it's an opportunity to give back in a way that uh, I hadn't expected, but um, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's worthwhile. And uh, it's just something that every day I feel like I make a difference. Um, so my daytime work, I uh, teach in the Masters of Science of Human Resources program. My focus has always been on the developmental side, so I focus a lot on career development, organization development, and talent development in organizations. And um, then interwoven there, um, I do my side work, my research, um, and my service time, mostly focused on veterans transitioning and looking at how we can better help them through that process and help them with, uh, I think, Smoothing the process, uh, making it doable, um, sort of that, uh, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? <laughs> uh, with apologies to all the vet vegetarians and vegans out there. there. You go. Um, but uh, I've, I found that if we can make it doable and help them be successful, um, that's good for all of us. It's good for organizations and it's good for the rest of us out there who need their talents and expertise in our organizations. Yeah. Um, it's good for it's good for the families, it's good for the, the veterans. Um, there's really no downside to helping them to better transition. Yeah. You, you know, I always tell people, a lot of people talk, you know, sort of say thank you, which is a nice thing to say, that's for sure. But the other mm -hmm. thing is, or, people like yourself uh, really sort of get in there and do all they can to help our veterans community. So from this old soldier, let me just say thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I certainly appreciate it. You know, how did you get started in uh, in coaching veterans, and and what in your background makes you able to to work with veterans so well? Um, well, I'm always really upfront and uh, let people know that I am not a veteran. Um, I was raised by a World War II Marine, and 
So other kids got normal bedtime stories. I got uh, South Pacific World War II stories <laughs> growing up. Um, so, so I definitely, you know, come from a place of appreciation for what our military does. Um, I found myself um, at working as a career advisor at Texas A&M, and uh, it was about 2008 or so, and I was seeing an increasing number of military and veterans coming through um, and uh, trying to figure out how to take that next step. And uh, a lot of times they would come in and, and ask a question or two about a resume or, uh, you know, getting ready for an interview. And then they just wanted to sit and talk. Um, and uh, so I have a, a background in um, higher ed administration and kind of understanding people. Um, and then coupled with my experience in HR, um, I, I was able to listen. I was able to just sit back, listen, um, ask some probing questions to, to uh, you know, hit on any points that they wanted to share more about. And so it was an opportunity for me to learn um, and grow from what they wanted to share. Um, and uh, I think it just really solidified uh, my passion for the work. Um, so I then uh, decided that, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to do this stuff and, and really focus on people in uh, career development positions, then um, I really want to focus on the military and veterans because there's some unique things happening with them that uh, I don't think are, are occurring with other folks out there in the population. Um, I was finding that they had a tremendous amount of transferable skills and uh, capability for working in a variety of contexts and organizations. And um, yet employers were just really not understanding that. And so I found that here's an opportunity for me to help them make that transition by helping them understand uh, the civilian work environment, um, but more so using their experiences to help employers understand the veterans perspective. Yeah, yeah, a couple of things real quick. One is that I, th I think I'm right now. Only 1% of our country really serve in the military, mm -hmm. and which is which mm -hmm. is sort of sad on itself. Second thing is, is uh, I, and I think just from myself, from my own perspective, transition is scary times for people. I mean, because you're, mm -hmm. you're sort of getting into the unknown. And it's really, uh, I mean, you, you don't know where you're going to work. You don't know where you get a job. You don't know where you live. Sometimes, I mean, unless you prepared yourself. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But uh it's it's tough, and there's not a lot of people. Again, not a lot of people like yourself that are out there uh, coaching and teaching our young veterans and, and old veterans uh, to do those kind of things <laughs> they need out there. That's sort of so. You've researched and studied military transition for more than ten years, and how do you reintegrate uh, your research into your coaching practices? Um, you know, I work from a perspective that they are intertwined. Um, I can't do good research without understanding um, what veterans are going through, what their key issues are. Um, and then um, I also can't uh, effectively do the coaching that I do without looking at, at uh, the research that's out there and getting a better sense of what's happening, um, what other people are saying. Um, it continues to be a really effective perspective for me to do both and uh, use both aspects of my work to inform the other. Um, 
So when I am when I'm doing my research, I mostly focus on what the veteran's perspective is and then use that to make recommendations to um, either for further research or to organizations and how they can better support our veterans as they're transitioning and reintegrating. Um, but then uh, I also look and say, okay, well, how do I then um, use what the veterans are saying to inform what questions I need to ask from a research yeah. perspective? Yeah. So it's it's a cyclical process, but I found it to be really effective. Yeah, you, you may be thinking something. You always get you make me think all the way through the show here, but <laughs> but uh, do you get the military spouse involved with that process too? It seems to me that you know if I'm retiring, I always. I know when I was trying, I wanted my wife to come with me and do everything I did so she understood uh, the kind of issues that we had. It, do you get spouses involved in that process? I have in some cases. Uh, you know, when I when I start with the uh, working with someone in a coaching perspective, you know, they, we're talking about that, that employment transition yeah. piece. Yeah. It really becomes a broader conversation about how do I transition into a new life? And so... Um, we do have conversation about how it impacts their family, how they choose where to live based on their kids' needs or their spouse's needs. Um, sometimes I do uh, then, as part of that, have conversation um, with a spouse as well. And um, so they can be part of the conversation in terms of how do I help my veteran to make this a smoother process? What are the things that I can do? How can I better support and um, so I think that is important. You can't just silo the veteran in this one space. You've really got to look at it as a broader life transition mm -hmm. issue. Um, and that includes the family. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I did when I was getting out of service is uh, I would come back and I'd always talk to my wife about those issues. I would say, look, this is what mm -hmm. this kind of recommendation or advice that I got today uh, from whomever I was talking to. And we'd always sort of uh, go back and forth and try to find what the happy medium was for for our family in that uh, in that transition because it's just scary for both of you. Uh, you know, in our mm -hmm. previous discussion, you used the word reintegration. I think it was when describing transition. Can you elaborate just a little bit more on that? Sure. So we we've heard this term transition for years now, mm -hmm. um, and. Um, we talk about this, you know, transitioning from military to civilian life and, and things. Um, and it is a transition, but part of that process is, is wrapped up in the reintegration. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we spend any number of weeks turning someone into an operational service member on the front end. And um, we don't often spend as much time or as much intensive time on the back end um, in helping them to. Uh, reintegrate as a civilian. And so um, we talk about employment transition, but it's really a reintegration into civilian life, um, understanding, uh, you know, how things work if they haven't had been living as a civilian for a good amount of time um, when they uh, when they are exiting the military. So it is a transition and reintegration. And I think those there is a fluidity there that um, I think is important to consider. Um, and so I've started changing my language in the last year or so to talk about reintegration rather than just transition um, because they're, they're sort of separate but linked ideas. Yeah. And so I'd like to see the conversation shift a little bit that way in the public to talk not, not just about transition, 
but reintegration into a new life. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm just speaking for me now, but I don't know if I ever fully reintegrated into the civilian sector because it's really tough. Uh, because you live a lifestyle, depending on how long you stayed in the military, whether or not it was three years, 10 years, or 20 years, or 36 years like myself, 36 plus uh, years of, like myself. And, and uh, I don't know, just, it just, it's just so hard. And I think there's guys and gals like me that get out there that, uh, I don't know, that, that maybe never fit in again. I'm, I'm, I think I fit in pretty well, maybe, but uh, I think it's tough. It's not as easy as you think because there's just a, I, I don't know if it's a different language. Uh, a different way of looking things, or maybe I, I used to tell people I, I thought I knew a lot about the country when I went in the military, because uh, I went to a, a lot of different countries when I was in the service. But I think because I went in the military, I probably understand more about other countries, other other uh, cultures, uh, you know, mm -hmm. around the around the world, and and maybe I look at things just a little bit differently. And that's a bit you're really right. Reintegrating back into uh, into the civilian sectors is stuff. I got to tell you one story real quick. Is is when I got out, uh, I, I in a military installation, you'd go and knock on doors, introduce yourself and stuff, and uh, and I did the same thing where I lived at, uh, in the civilian sector. Build a house, went in there and started talking to people, and uh, I started knocking on doors. Hey, I'm Jack Tilly. I'd like to introduce myself and all that stuff. And when I got back to the house, I, my wife says. Uh, Hey, uh, they probably think you're nuts, <laughs> you know, going around because that's not the way you do it. I guess it was a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, uh, a, a sort of a culture shock for me, if I'd say so. Anyway, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's, yeah go ahead. it is certainly different on the outside, yeah. and I think that's that's one of the biggest pieces about reintegration is understanding that piece, yeah. and that um, it's not just you know transition. It's just sort of. There it is. You, you're going to go through it. No, it's a whole different process. It really is a reintegration into a new life. Yeah. I've, I've always thought when you came into the military, you ought to start that reintegration process with first when you come in. So when you get to the end, it may help you out a little bit. What, what is the most significant thing veterans need help with when going through employment transition and civilian reintegration? What's, what's their main issue there, I guess? It's, um, you know, it's layered. I would say um, the core issue is identity yeah. and understanding um, a, a new perspective on who you are. Um, I, in a piece of research that I did a few years ago, um, I uh, use this metaphor of um, uh, drop your tools, mm -hmm. that uh, you have to, in some ways, kind of strip away all of those things that have made you into a military service member and put on a new identity. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you lose all of that inside, but you have to change how you identify yourself um, in order to really start to make a mindset change. Um, you're still going to retain a lot of that language and um, perspective on things, um, you know, all those experiences that you've had that have formed you in, in that time in the service, none of that goes away, but you also have to start to change your identity so that you are part of the civilian world. Um, and sometimes that's uh, harder than it might seem. You can take off the uniform, but uh, until you really start to change how you see yourself in civilian life, um, sometimes that can be very difficult. So it's everything from, 
you know, changing your wardrobe to um, changing your language in some ways, um, being able to relate um, culturally, socially yeah. with um, others and organizations. Um, and then all of that then gets layered into um, how you identify yourself on your resume, how you identify yourself in interviews, um, how you interact in the workplace yeah. with a whole new group of people, you know, on the civilian side that um, may also have some feelings about uh, working with veterans. And so you really have to look at how you change your identity, um, not losing that important part of you, but um, finding a way to integrate that into a civilian life. Yeah. Do you, do you think veterans intimidate people when they go to work at a, a specific job just by their mannerisms, the way they... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, I, some of the stories that I've heard from veterans in terms of even just going through interview processes yeah. um, horrify me. Um, organizations, especially larger organizations, are doing a better job now at having... Um, uh, military connected affinity groups and um, recognizing veterans in the workplace and really um, trying to embrace that veteran friendly perspective. Um, but I think uh, broadly, um, you know, the, the media has done both a, a service and a disservice in bringing us so much, uh, you know, day to day on the ground perspective on who veterans are. Um, or who service members are, um, for better or worse. And so I think people have developed a lot of conceptions that maybe are not entirely accurate. And so part of my mission is also to break down those stereotypes yeah, yeah. and be out there on the civilian side and say, not everything that you think is true is actually true. Well, I think a couple of things there. One is I think the military lives in a glass house, uh, right? Everybody's mm -hmm. look at that or anything that happens within the military, they're going to they're gonna, you know, say something about it or whatever. And so I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, "Geez, are they having all those problems? You know, whatever the heck it was." And I said, "No, no, no. That's that's just a lot of it's. You know, if you, you listen to the media, probably ten percent of it. I'm not saying it's, it's they're fudging anything. I'm just saying they're not telling their own story." The second thing, as you talk, the second thing I think is really important. You talk about veterans changing. I think the other thing that needs to happen. Our country needs to be more educated on what military mm -hmm. does. We should have. I. Uh, I give classes up at Baltimore to a, a company that uh, I do some work with, and they brought me in just to specifically talk to people about the Army. And we, we have the Army, the Air Force, Navy, Marine Corps, uh, Space Force, all the rest of the stuff in there. And, and uh, we talk about the services, what goes on with the service, how families are involved, just all that stuff, because we have a, you know, like I said, 1%, we have a country, uh, we have a group of people that does amazing things for this country. There's no question about that. But we also have a country that doesn't know much about the kind of sacrifices they make uh, for, for them to, to allow them to, to have their freedom. So I think it's, I think it's mm -hmm. two ways. I think one is we, you know, we got to make that reintegration. I understand that, too. But on the second side of that is I think our country needs to really sort of work just a little bit harder about understanding those issues and understand exactly what's going on. And, uh, hopefully that makes a little mm -hmm. bit of sense to you, but uh, I, think, mm -hmm. I think we're missing the bullet there a little bit. Uh, could, mm -hmm. could, you, uh, could you tell me when a, a veteran should start working on that transition? How many years out should they start working on that transition? Uh, any thoughts and ideas about that? I think that it's, uh, it's 
most urgent to work on it, you know, at least a year out, um, because it's going to take some time to really think through a lot of the things that they need to consider. Um, So at least a year out, um, you know, I think it's wise if they can be sort of working on it and preparing it all along um, in thinking about at some point, this work is going to end and other work is going to begin. And so I need to be thinking about how am I going to capture the essence of each job I'm doing and help that make sense for uh, a civilian employer. I find a lot of what I'm doing is um, I, I kind of do a translation. I look at somebody's resume or I have them sit and talk with me about their experience. And then I take notes and say, how would this sound, how would this look in civilian speak? Yeah, yeah. And then part of what I'm doing is I'm then going to talk through that with them and teach them about how to translate what they've done in the military into civilian speak yeah. and what are employers looking for in terms of your experiences. Um, and so again, it's, it's sort of taking off some of those rough edges and helping uh, the veterans tell their story in a way that's understandable so that employers can make sense of the value that veterans are bringing in terms of being applicants for their positions. Um, But it's also valuable for the veteran because they get to reconceptualize who they are and the really amazing work that they've done. Sometimes in the moment, they're not really thinking that way. They don't recognize the significance of some of the things that they've done particular some of some of the younger folks when I go back and reframe some of the work that they've done um, especially related to leadership and things like you realize that most people your age have not had this level of experience in leading and working with others yeah and so that really helps to change their mindset as well in terms you know like I say in, in reframing who they are and their identity they really start to see that wow I've done a lot. I've really accomplished some things. You know, I, I wasn't just kind of doing the job. I was actually learning and growing along the way. And I do have a lot to offer an employer. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple of things are, one is I think uh, the process of getting out of service, I agree a year, at least a year, but I always tell people about two years out and really a little bit longer mm-hmm. out. The second thing is uh, when should you have a resume? I think on your first enlistment, you ought to have a resume and continue to grow and build mm-hmm. that resume. And then the last thing is, and, and you, you hit on a minute, I, I uh, ought to tell people that when I went to war, and I went to war at 18 years old, I went from 18 to 55 in war. Uh, and my mm-hmm. life changed. I mean, in, fa- in fact, uh, I was telling somebody the other day, I think my heart turned black when I was in war because I didn't look at uh, things the same way. And, and I think, it, again, it's, 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 difficult to, uh, it's difficult for most people to understand. I know that you do. But I think it's difficult for most people uh, to understand how tough that transition is because mm-hmm. it's in your DNA. In fact, I always tell people I'll be a soldier till the day I die, uh, but it's 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 tough. Uh, but it's but a lot of people, I think 17 or 20, man, I keep getting sort of mixed numbers on how many veterans are out there, but uh, a lot of people have got out of the service, they're doing pretty well and are doing real well, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, transition is tough, but it's not hard as long as you have a mentor or somebody like you, a coach, helping them out to, to get them, uh, you know, get them prepared to get out of service, along with their military spouse. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Dr. Sarah Minnis, Assistant Professor and Master of Science and Human Resources Program at Western Carolina University. And you're watching your next mission video podcast with your host, Jack L. Tilly, 
12 Sword Major Army. And don't forget, if you're enjoying this discussion, please like us and click on that uh, subscribe button below there. Join our team and, and help us out here a little bit. Sarah, in your practice, you said uh, you said with uh, you sat with many veterans, advising them on transition, helping them prepare. You mentioned your approach, uh, the process, holistically. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure. I think I approach the transition from beyond just a you know an employment transition. Mm -hmm. um, I look at it as this is really a whole life transition. Um, you are leaving one life, one path, and you are moving on to something else. Um, so we may start with talking about the career aspects, um, but um, when I do kind of an initial intake, you know, what, what are your needs? What are you looking for conversation? Part of what comes of that is I'm trying to understand um, what are your family's needs? Where are you thinking you want to live? Um, what kind of work are you thinking you want to do that's going to, to help you build the family lifestyle that you want? So I get into a lot of questions um, that are uh, perhaps either directly, often tangentially related to the transition. But a lot of times those conversations are really more about identifying what is this whole person's future potentially look like? What did they want their future to look like? Um, and having them describe that for me. Um, so it's it's family, it's uh, what kind of income do you need to sustain your family? It's where do you want to live? Uh, what other responsibilities will you have on your plate in addition to you know being a spouse, partner, going to work, being a parent, yeah. you know those things. What are the other things? So it really becomes more of a holistic conversation. And um, I think, a lot of the resources that I've seen out there are really focused on the employment piece, which is great. But you've got to take a little more into account when someone is um, a little older, has a little more life experience, and is not just an individual person making that transition. Sometimes it is an individual person, but they've got other responsibilities on their plate that we need to think about. So I try to broaden that conversation and hopefully take into uh, account other things that are going on in their life, other things they need to attend to. And we center that employment piece because that's really the big aspect that they need help with. Um, but none of that happens on its own. Um, it's always connected to family, um, other responsibilities, um, other desires and interests for their future. So it becomes a broader conversation. And I think that really helps a person think uh, more strategically about what they want their life to look like, uh, what they want their work to look like, how they want to, to integrate their work in their life, because no longer will work be the whole life. Uh, it will be a piece of it. And um, so it's, again, it's part of that reframing that identity, um, but also helping to get them a little a uh, broader look at where they're going and um, things that they need to consider as part of that future. Yeah, you're, you're really talking about a mindset shift with service members and mm -hmm. family members and really trying to understand the part about transitioning. Uh, that's, that's really, I mean, just to have your, uh, just just to fully understand exactly what you're gonna do and how you're gonna do it and all that other stuff. And that's, that's tough when you're talk, talking about, uh, I, I always tell people, uh, that uh, shifting and getting out of the services is probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do 
But in some cases, one of the easiest things that I had to do, because I had a lot of, I had a mentor, I had somebody who was talking to me and coaching and teaching me a little bit. Uh, do you think just having a mindset shift, is that one of the toughest things that people have in transitioning? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because it really is that your whole life is changing. And so you have to look at things very differently. Um, you sometimes, uh, you know, if you're, if you are deployed and you have a spouse at home who's really managing things, kind of the same thing. You come home and you have to figure out where do I fit? Um, what are the things that I need to jump in and, and take over and start doing again? What are the things that I maybe need to back off? And spouse has got this. I don't need to get in the middle and muck things up. Um, so it's sort of the same mindset. It's, okay, now I'm, I'm out. And we have the opportunity to build this new life. Um, what do I need to jump in and think about and do? And um, what are the things that I maybe don't need to worry so much about? Um, and how do, I, how do I change my perspective from um, fully integrated in the military to uh, fully integrated in civilian life and civilian work and um, really maybe being able to uh, shift focus onto family and some other things that I want to be successful with in life. Um, I've seen people take up new hobbies, um, go back to school, yeah. um, you know, do all kinds of things that they wanted to do forever, but just couldn't. And so it really is this, this mind shift and change in identity. Yeah. You, you know, I, you said something, I just almost started laughing a minute ago, but I remember when I got out of the service, and, and I'm, I'm a little bit probably, I was a little bit older than a lot of people, I'm sure, but but when I got out of service, we built a house down in uh, in Florida, and and I remember just just what you just said about moving back in the house, be, always being around, always being there and all that stuff. So we built this house, we moved in and got everything, got everything squared away in the house, and uh, I'm sort of helping, I thought I was helping anyway, uh, helping my wife, and uh, one day she looked at me and she says, uh, don't you have something to do at airport? Yeah. I just, you know, go find a job, get out of the house, go do something else, get out of here and do something else. So it was sort of, you know, she sort of gave me the right direction about, you know, do something else. And, and it is, and you really, you're right on target when you talk about, uh, and the army, and the military talks about a lot now when you're deployed and come back, how to, how to move back into the home, how to, you know, if you're not giving your kids direction, you're sort of ease back in the house a little bit. And it's tough. And, and again, just like transition, uh, it, you know, that's that's a great story. I need to talk to you more about my wife. She she sort of taught me a lot about transition indirectly anyway. So good. Good for her. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're watching your next mission video podcast. You're watching your next mission proudly presented by the Cavalry Agency. They help brands dominate no matter their size. Ideas, strategy, action. This is Cavalry. Learn more at Cavalry.com. Navy Federal Credit Union, the most trusted credit union owned by members of the military community, serving all branches of the armed forces and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Purdue Global, providing affordable online education for hardworking adults. Learn more about a personalized, innovative, and world-class education at purdueglobal.edu. Veterans United Home Loans, the number one VA lender for five straight years. If you're buying, they're funding your dreams. Learn more at veteransunited.com.
Now back to your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilly. Welcome back. We're blessed to be here today with Dr. Sarah Minnis, Assistant Professor and Master of Science in Human Resources Program at the Western Carolina University. And I want all of our viewers to reach out to me directly. Tell us about uh, your transition. Tell us what topics you'd like us to cover on the show. You can call or text me at 844-424-1134, and I'll actually reach back out to you. You may find that surprising. Or send me an email at uh, smatilly at yournextvision.org. Okay, let's pick it up where we left off. Sarah, we're heading into the uh, final segment. I'm about ready to cry because I don't want to go into the final segment here with you today. But I hope you've enjoyed it just as much as I have. I just really have just a couple more questions. How do you build trust and encourage veterans to open up to you? I think for me, um, trust in that uh, that coaching space is, is very much a two-way street. Um, I can't expect someone to open up and share all of their experiences and hopes and dreams and fears with me if I am not also a little bit vulnerable in that process. So um, I really make it a conversation. Um, if there's something that resonates with me um, that, that they share, um, I, I also will share um, some things that I've been through that um, kind of gave me some perspective on um, that identity shift that we're talking about and um, things that change us as people. Um, you know, we all have those points in our life that um, really have created maybe a, di a divergent path. And so um, I, I look to build that relationship very naturally. Um, I let them know that uh, whatever they share with me is confidential. Um, I'm not bound by any kind of confidentiality clauses or anything, but, but it's a, about respect. Um, I um, ask them, tell me what you want out of, um, out of this work, uh, you know, and, and then I also um, let them know what my boundaries are. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a, a licensed counselor. Um, I'm not, you know, someone who uh, is trained necessarily to get into some of the deeper issues, but um, I can listen. I can provide perspectives. And um, then I can also help with if they need referrals in terms of finding someone to address other issues, um, I wanna help them with that as well. So um, it's, it's part of that process of building trust is, uh, is creating that relationship, um, letting them know that it is a, a safe space for them to talk with me about whatever. Um, but I also um, am very clear with them about uh, what I can and cannot help them with professionally and how I will support them with finding the resources that they need uh, for other issues that they may be um, needing some help with. Um, so I think it's it's a two-way street. Um, I have as much respect and regard for them in terms of the service that they've done as um, I could ever imagine, um, and regardless of, of who it is. So I've worked with um, everyone from you know a, a lower enlisted all the way up through um, senior military leadership um, because I find that everybody has similar questions. Um, the urgency may be different um, and their, uh, their kind of their, their look at their time in service and um, what it's given them may look a little different. But overall, there is a good amount of similarity between the questions that 
um, that someone, a lower enlisted service member may have um, and uh, concerns and challenges that they may be facing um, with even some of the most senior leaders. And um, so I let them know too that, you know, it's okay to feel this way because almost everybody that I talk to has a similar feeling. So you're totally normal. Um, and a lot of times they're feeling very not normal at that moment. So um, helping them to feel a little more secure in that process also I think is part of that trust building. Yeah. I think the other thing is, no matter what rank you are, whether or not you're a private or a general, you're, you're in the Army, you're a soldier, in the Navy, you're a sailor, in the Air Force, you're an airman, in the Marine Corps, you're a Marine. Uh, so, it, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You still got those issues that you got to work through. So it's, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. What do you think is the biggest mm -hmm. uh, issue of our veterans face when thinking about, you know, planning for that transition? And, and how can they cope, I guess? Is uh, how can, how does people cope with it? I guess I, I try to cope. I try to cope with it uh, in different ways. But how did? What do you suggest to them? I guess. I think um, identity and kind of fear of of the unknown are those two big challenge areas. And um, what I tell them is um, being being a little afraid is normal, and it's also not a bad thing. Um, it means that there's a challenge ahead. And if nothing else, you know, everything that you've done up to this point tells me that you can take a challenge. Yeah. Um, you took a challenge that many other people in our country have not taken. So uh, first step, you can do this. And um, so we start from there. Um, you know, let's break down your fears, your worries, your concerns. Um, you know, write them down. Tell me what they are. And let's talk through them. Um, and let's come up with answers for how to break through that fear and um, so that you build confidence in this process. Yeah. You know, one of, one of those fears is how do I talk to an employer about my background? Well, we're going to cover that. We're going to give you language so that you don't feel afraid. You feel confident in what you're doing. Um, so for every challenge point that they're feeling, we're going to try and address that and resolve that either in my process with them or um, with another resource that I can refer them to. Yeah, I used to tell people, is, you know, you got to dress for success and going mm -hmm. in front of somebody is like a promotion board in the military, you know, make sure you sit up straight, make sure, you know, just a lot of little small things that really prepare for that. Mm -hmm. well, what, what do you think yeah. of the top three, uh, you know, what would you think were the top three recommendations for, uh, you know, a service member preparing for transition? Is there, is there a top three? I always have three things anyway. <laughs> It, I think top three makes sense because um, three is a doable number. Uh, top three, uh, number one, uh, start early. Yeah. It is never too early. You know, I, I usually um, say, you know, at, at a year out, you've got to be real intentional about it. But before that, all the way through, I mean, from the first time you, you enter the service, you've got to be thinking about it at some point I'm going to get out. So um, understanding uh, your competencies and your capabilities is important. Um, understanding how to build relationships and, and not just, you know, friendships are good, but also how to build strategic um, intentional relationships and think about what, what am I going to bring to the conversation? Um, and then understanding what uh, some of the needs are out there in the world and how you can help address those needs based on the experiences you've had and then maybe some further um, education or training or things. So start thinking about those things early. Um, number two, uh, understand that it's not easy. Um, just, you know, accept that early on. 
um, but you face bigger challenges and you will face bigger challenges in the future. Um, this is just one along your path, um, but you're not in it alone. Um, there are a variety of resources out there. Um, you just need to be able to tap into those. You need to find uh, folks who can help you do that. Um, I'm one of those people. Um, and there are a lot of other folks out there, uh, great resources that can help you get started. Um, so start thinking about what are your resources and how do I access those resources? And if you don't know, make a friend and ask them. Um, there are a lot of people out there active duty in the service right now who are starting this path and um, are already doing a great job and setting themselves up for success. So talk to other people. Um, service members tr trust other service members. So um, I always say make a friend and learn together. Um, the, third, the third thing that they need to be thinking about is um, what, are, what are the other responsibilities? So family, um, whatever that looks like, um, a spouse, a partner, um, other things that they need to be considering, um, including their health. Um, so one of the things that we talk about in my process with them is, have you uh, gone and, and done your whole physical and, and gotten everything on record for your VA rating? Um, have you uh, filed for your disability if you are qualified? Um, Maybe if you're thinking about going back to school, yep, that may open up some opportunities um, in terms of things that you might be interested in studying. Um, so think about all those other contingencies, your family, your health, um, what you need to get by financially and where do you wanna be financially in the future? Um, and then uh, what do you want your community around you to look like? So beyond just your family, friends, what are you looking for in uh, supportive resources that are could be in your community. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that and how to explore if you're moving, how you find out what's available to help you in this process. Yeah, a lot of some great advice right there. What are, what are you researching now that can help veterans in the future? Um, so I'm, I'm uh, on the second phase of probably a three to five year project. Um, it started this last year with an uh, uh, initial book, book chapter um, talking about, uh, you know, we use that word transition. We, everybody's using it and we talk about service members and going, you know, leaving the service. We talk about transition, reintegration. We use those words, but what does that process really look like? And nobody's really explored that deeply. So uh, my research partner and I wrote a book chapter using a model that exists for transitioning expertise from one field to another. And uh, so the book chapter was a first step in sort of thinking about, hmm, this could apply to the work that we do with veterans. And we set up a couple scenarios that we talked through using that model. So the next step is to actually um, write, finish writing uh, a research paper um, positing a theory and a model of what that transition and reintegration looks like um, using this existing model as our template. Um, and the stage after that will then beginning, be beginning talking to people and actually saying, tell us what your transition experience was like and let's see how that fits or doesn't fit with this model that we're thinking of using. Um, so that'll be another a three to five year project and um, we expect then to find some things that will lead us to new questions. Um, I tend to focus on uh, the veterans experience 
on uh, my side of the research. My research partner um, really looks at how do we use that to inform uh, the civilian employer side. So um, I look at what can we learn from the military and veteran experience, and then um, and then we kind of take that forward and say, how do we use this out there in the, in the civilian world? Um, so we've got a, a great uh, kind of through play on our work, um, both of us looking at, at different sides. Um, my research partner is a veteran and I'm not. So that also gives us a really neat lens that we can bring to this kind of work. Yeah, a little cross fertilization there. I think it's probably not <laughs> a bad idea. If someone wanted to, to wanted to you know, read some of your research papers uh, or even reach out to you for help, how would, how would they go about finding you? Uh, to find my research is pretty easy. Um, you can uh, go onto Google Scholar and look me up there, um, Sarah Minnis and Veterans, and you can find a whole bunch of, of research articles and things, other papers that have cited my work. Um, to reach me, you can uh, reach me via email um, through the university at sminnis at wcu.edu. And um, if nothing else, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. <laughs> I'm sure you're all <laughs> over that social media stuff. Uh, before I ask you if there's any final thoughts, because unfortunately we're going to have to wrap it up. Now, this is a big one for me. I understand you don't charge anything for, for helping veterans out. It's all free or pro bono, mm -hmm. or whatever you want to say, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, God bless you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I um, that, that was something that uh, I decided very early on. Um, partly because, uh, you know, it's, it's my way of serving and giving back in, in the little way that I can. Um, it's just, it makes sense to me. Um, somebody needs help. Um, they've already served. Uh, they've already paid with their time. Yeah. So um, this is something that I can do on uh, my end um, with the knowledge and skills that I have to help them. And, and it also, in terms, it helps, it helps our entire country because we are helping service members uh, continue to give back on the civilian side in their work. And um, so I found that for me, that's just a natural way of doing things. Um, I do presentations and workshops and um, speaking engagements for um, HR or, or organizations out there and talking about this topic and things that they need to know. And they're usually happy to pay me a little bit for that. So um, it's not, for me, it's not about a moneymaker. I have a day job that I love um, that supports me in doing all of this work. So um, I, I am happy to, to take a salary there. Um, it allows me the freedom then to be able to do everything else that I love to do without having to charge anybody. Well, from this old soldier, thank you for doing that. That's a, you're you know, a lot of people, God puts us all on this earth to do something and, and to make a difference, and you're making a difference. Any final thoughts, anything that maybe we missed or we should have covered that uh, I didn't ask you about? Anything you want to add to anything we talked about just, you know, today? I think... I think the biggest thing that I would tell folks, if you are thinking about that transition, if you are um, looking at what your reintegration looks like after the military, and uh, you're a little bit nervous about that, it's okay. That's normal. Um, we're all nervous when we go through big changes, um, but you've done more difficult things in your career so far, and you can do this too. Um, you might need a little help and a little support, and that's what I'm here to give. Um, but I know that everybody out there can do this and can be successful 
And uh, my goal is when I look at uh, the BLS data every month and I look at that veteran unemployment number, um, at some point I'm hoping that I see uh, that that is zero, um, that that means all of our veterans are employed, um, they're doing meaningful work uh, that they feel good about, and um, they are having a continued fair shake at the American dream. Yeah. Well, just uh, again, just from this old uh, old soldier, old veteran, if whatever you want to call me, I guess. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. You're making a difference, and there's there's uh, there's not a lot of people like you that uh, get out there and want to give back. So, uh, God bless you for what you do each and every day for our veterans and their families. Uh, thanks to Dr. Sarah Minnis. Uh, I'm Jack L. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army. You've been watching your next mission video podcast, and and thank you for watching today. Please visit our website. On yournextmission.org and, and leave me a leave me a review. Hopefully, I always say hopefully it's a good review. But if it's a bad one, I guess I can I can take that too. You can also visit our partners there who will, can provide you with so many services that will assist you in your transition uh, from the military. And we've been talking about that now. So uh, you know it's it's not that difficult. You do need assistance, but uh, reach out to us. We'll help you. Also, please visit our corporate partners there and see all the the jobs that are available for you. Please know we want to assist you in any way we can. I always like to say that twice. Please know we want to assist you in any way that we can. Please follow me on all my social media channels. I say that every week and it sort of flips me out. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Never thought I'd ever say that. And if you enjoyed discussion, and I know that you do with Sarah, please like us. Click on that subscribe button below. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Please leave me a message or send me an email at... Uh, or a text at 844-424-1134 or send me an email at uh, smatelly at yournextmission.org. Thanks again to uh, Dr. Sarah Minnis for being with us today. It was just great having you on the podcast. And I always like to leave you with some, with some final thoughts. And, and uh, talked to the doctor this morning. I have a lot of them. Uh, plan far enough out. Make sure you have a resume. Pay all your bills off. Uh, pay all your credit cards off. Uh, make sure you get your education. If you have a two-year degree, get a four-year degree. If you have a four-year degree, get a, get a master's. If you have a master's, get a doctorate. But prepare yourself to, uh, to get out of the service. The other thing I'll tell you, there's, there's been a lot of veterans that have, that have gotten out of service, just like me, and life's okay. Uh, but you've but you got to work on it. You've got to prepare yourself. The last thing I'd tell you is that uh, reach out and find a mentor. Find somebody like the good doctor, a coach that can assist you uh, in, in, in separating from the military. Again, uh, you know, you're not by yourself. Uh, we're a small veteran community, but uh, we're certainly powerful. Again, thanks for watching, and thanks to Cloudcast Media, New Mind Studios, and of course, our four presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. We appreciate all you do for our military, and I'm going to say that again. We appreciate each and every day all you do for our military. And as always, see you on the high ground. Hua! You've been listening to Your Next Mission, brought to you by the American Freedom Foundation. Learn more by visiting yournextmission.org.